Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the Orchestra Teacher Podcast. Welcome to the Orchestra Teacher Podcast. This is Charles Locks. I'm your host. We have a wonderful guest today. This is author Sandy Goldie, who is the Director of Music Education at Virginia Commonwealth University University in Richmond, Virginia. Welcome, Sandy, to the show. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, you know, you and I have worked together uh, at for several years, for, for quite a long time, I've known you and, and loved your work. I think what, uh, what, what hooked me on Sadie Goldie was, uh, your, your session that you did on Fourth Finger First, um, uh, back at Asta a long time ago. And that was just really like, like, yeah, why can't we do Fourth Finger First? You know, so it was really a, a great session. And, um, I've just been, um, uh, so impressed with all of your work over the years and, and, uh, as a, as a, pedagogue and colleague uh thank you for being on the show and i'm 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 excited to be able to talk with you today and um to see what's going on so how how is it going for you things are things are going okay you know there's <laughs> um everybody's just kind of surviving and everything that's going on but there's um so many nice little moments of light and and hope and you know interactions with that kind of keep you going and, you know, there. places where you find where there's even more connection. So, yeah. Um, yeah, we're all hanging in there, I think. And um, just looking forward to when we can all be back together again. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, I had I had mentioned, I think, in my last episode, there was just a breath of fresh air the first time we were able to play together. And I had a fine search for my baton and I found it. And, oh, my gosh, <laughs> uh, we had that. So now we're planning our spring concert um, and it's going to be a live spring concert, which is our first live performance. Um, and we're going to be outdoors. Uh, we're doing an outdoor, not under the stars. We don't have any lights, so it's going to be daylight still. Um, but mm-hmm. we're going to do, be doing an outdoor concert, kind of breaking that up into um, some different um, for different groups, you know. And um, I'm just so looking forward to it. And uh, and have to, and we, of course, we have a rain date too because you never know. But um, I'm hoping that yeah. we'll be able to pull that off and. It'll be successful, and you know a large majority of my students will come. Um, but yeah, isn't it great? I'm so jealous. <laughs> mm-hmm. We're we're still virtual at this point, so our youth orchestras, you know, um, we're we're doing some of these things where we're putting all the recordings together, but we're really trying to get the students to do something unique with it, like make some unique personal connections mm-hmm. to it. Like uh, we're doing a full orchestra piece, uh, Second Storm, and and we're um, asking all the students to like um, find images of storms, either emotional mm. or physical, that 
they've been through and pulling those in and we're doing scenes from Harry Potter. And so for each of the rehearsal numbers, we're asking them like, you know, what scene does this evoke for you? And we're, we're pulling clips of what those scenes are. And, um, you know, and, and last semester we did Hamilton. And so it was like, we did a modern day orchestra take on Hamilton. So each yeah. section adopted one of the excerpts. And so the, like one of them was um, one song in the in the arrangement was helpless. So we asked them in 2020, in the midst of all of this, what makes you feel um, hopeful or helpless? And so then wow. they came up with things that they wrote that they can then say while we were doing it. And, and they also sent us pictures of themselves. And so we played the sideshow and they each section introduced the clip. One of them was my shot. So a lot mm-hmm. of the seniors were um, talking about how they're not throwing away their shot. Like, what did they do to not throw away their shot? And, um, wow, and that's one great. of the sections had Dear Theodosia. Uh, and they, they were talking about, um, okay, if you had to write a letter to Theodosia in 2020, what it's like to be a teenager in 2020, what would you say? And it was great because they had pictures of them in masks, you know, and they were like, dear Theodosia, in 2020, we went to school online and practiced youth orchestra on the computer. <laughs> so anyway, it was it was really fun, you know, so yeah. just trying to be creative with it. So creative. Wow. That's, um, that's I think that's been my big uh downfall is that sometimes I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm so used to doing the way things were and enjoyed that so much that when we got to virtual, like I can do all the technical part of everything, but that creativity piece is, is, uh, it's so fantastic. That's amazing. So you conduct the youth orchestra. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm, I do. Mm-hmm. And I was really thinking of when it comes to like what you're going to do in the middle of a pandemic, Um, I do a lot with teacher education and I'm always telling them like sometimes you have to let go of who you should be to become who you are. So just let go of that notion of Mm -hmm. uh, what you think you should be doing or what it should be like right now to be able to just get in there and think of what could really be for right now. And so that's sort of where these ideas came from. We're like, oh, well, we could do all these Hamiltons. We could invite Lin-Manuel Miranda. Like we could just try to find some (laughs) Uh, some nice things about what is rather than mm-hmm. what should be rather in this time anyway. Yeah, that is, uh, that is fantastic. I love the creativity. It's just, it's that, I, I hope that everybody's getting inspired by this, but um, so, okay. So then how, how, how has this impacted your, um, your, your teaching of your classes? You said you're all virtual still in your classes at uh, Virginia Commonwealth. How how has that impacted what you what you've been able to do, and has it have you seen anything change? Uh, obviously, there's been a lot of changes, but have you seen anything that you think is going to be a permanent change? And what what do you, what does teacher education look like down the road, or what are you seeing in the future trends here? That's a lot. Of, that's a loaded question. Well, it's really. <laughs> Yeah, this it's really been kind of an amazing journey. And I have to say that our, our pre-service teachers have really just stepped up. Um, we have been virtual. Uh, well, it's kind of hybrid. So okay. what we're doing is any all of our discussions together as uh, an entire cohort, all the students, uh, mm-hmm. we do those um, uh, together on Zoom. And then there's loaded uh, asynchronous work and Canvas modules like okay, that. Yeah. But we prioritize the time for if they're going to do anything in person, if they're comfortable doing it, then um, every 
uh, core music ed class has 30 hours of out in the field mm-hmm. practicum. Um, and so we paired them with teachers. Sometimes we had to pair them two or three times as mod- right. modalities change, yeah. you know, and, um, and, you know, or people had to go into quarantine or any of that stuff. Our student teachers are out in the field now. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the most part, they were virtual for the, um, for the first half of the semester. Um, and now as they're in the elementary schools, things, they've all been vaccinated and schools are starting to open up. So most of the districts are back in person. But, Great. you know, I've learned a lot from my students because when I log on and I see, oh, they're doing scales, but they pull this symphonic backing track to like go through those just you know, mundane scales and like they're pulling in all these bits of technology and, and, mm-hmm. and they're just handling it like rock stars. Even though when you talk to them on the side, they're like, oh, this is really hard. You know, it's hard talking to a screen mm-hmm. and I wish it was in person. But when you see them on the screen, the, the students they teach are engaged. They're smiling. They have the cameras on. Um, I'm like, wow, what more can you, you ask can't, No, for, you can't ask you know? for more than that at all. Mm-mm. Not at all. Mm-mm. That is that is amazing and fantastic that they're they're taking the bull by the horns and you know making it happen. You know, it's it, it would be so easy, and I I think, you know, it would be so easy for them just to shut down and uh, say, oh, you know, we can't do this. So how how has this impacted your? Well, one thing oh, we ahead. really try. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm sorry. One um um I think one reason is this year is the first time where we um really um have empowered the students themselves to form their own art, um organization. It's called Music Educators of Tomorrow. Mm. And so the leadership has really um intentionally sought out ways where they could connect with each other each other so every um you know the freshmen are a cohort the juniors are a cohort the seniors cohort each of the cohorts have traditionally been kind of separated but now this organization has really united them all so they're doing socials they're doing um bringing in we had six different music educators this past month just coming in to share their stories and so i think a lot it just speaks to the um to the to the students themselves like stepping up to try to fill in those places where they feel like you know um i want some more i want to know more in this area or i want to connect more because you know if you're a freshman in college this year how have you even made a lot of friends mm-hmm. like what has that college experience been like right um and so it has been really hard and it's it's taken a lot of flexibility and support really mm-hmm. but you know like uh in the book kurt um Kurt Mosier was saying um, the subject matter is never more important than the subject. And so mm-hmm. um, I was really inspired by his um, his talk of how he pursues excellence and music is the vehicle, but the subject is uh, subject matter is never more important than the subject. And I think that's something that sort of all of us have had to come to in one way or another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's all it's during all, this time. It's all been about uh, just taking care of the kids trying to make sure that they're, you know, emotionally okay and um, trying to provide that for them. And um, that's, that's been the number one thing. And, you know, obviously we can worry all day about, oh, we're not playing, you know, the music level that we, we've been at or my students, you know, are technically struggling so much more because I can't be hands-on with them. But that is secondary right now, and we just got to get – get them through this and hopefully uh when we come back they'll be craving 
orchestra and live music, and they're going to want so much of it. I mean, I'm, I'm always worried about my numbers, and every, I think everybody's wor- worried about their their numbers, you know, going down. And I hope, hopefully, you know, once once we're back to somewhat normal, hopefully in the fall, um, then you know it, that will that will change, and um, people will realize like we need this. This is what's been missing for so long. Yeah. And, you know, I really think that, you know, one thing this pandemic and all the social unrest has shown us is that uh, in times like these, like there's never been a world war in music and therefore there really has never been a world more in need of music teachers of Mm -hmm. what we do. Um, for many of our students, you know, I think music is the light that's helping them navigate these times and we're the vessels for that light. A for lot sure. of times. And so, you know, it really reminds me, it really touched me at the inauguration where saying for there is always light if there, if we're only, if we're brave enough to see it, if only we're brave enough to be it. And, you know, that just, that gets really heavy, you know, I think a lot of us, um, as we're, as we're doing this and, but, you know, when it works, the joy is so great. And it was really interesting to put together the rehearsing the high school orchestra book in the middle of all this. And in Mm -hmm. fact, I was writing about it in the, um, acknowledgement and I know you had a great chapter in there. Um, we had, uh, Gail Barnes, David Eccles, um, you know, Heron, the Laird, um, Kurt Mosier, Kurt Moss, Chris Selby, Laura Thomas. Like I was so inspired. That's part of what helped me keep going is to realize how everybody was kind of in their own own way, just trying to shepherd their students and mm-hmm. their community through this. And so, in the acknowledgments part of this book, one thing I wrote was, as we as we wrote these chapters, the world seemed to go awry consumed by a deadly pandemic, riddled with social unrest, plagued with racial injustice, and bitterly divided by its politics. We each escaped to our classrooms and tried to offer the best experiences we could for our students. Looking back at these unprecedented times together, I don't think there has ever been a world more in need of what music has to offer, and therefore there has never been a world more in need of what music teachers have to offer. In the midst of chaos, and uncertainty, we have given our students a place to thrive, a place to connect and belong, and a place to express all that cannot be expressed by words alone, but cannot remain unsaid. And the burden of this work has been heavy and sometimes overwhelming, but the joy is great when we realize the impact we are having, and even if we don't recognize it until much later. Because for many of our young people, music is the light, and we are the vessels for that light. And, um, you know, I'm so thankful that each of these contributors that um, inspired me in uh, rehearsing the high school orchestra book, including you, um, I just hope that when people read, my sincere hope when they read the book is that um, all of us will continue to be that light and that somehow the words that they read Um, from our colleagues who are just out there doing the same thing in some small way that will help fuel us all, fuel us all to continue to be that light and do the important work that only we can do. Right. That, that is very inspiring and just brings out so much, um, 
so much hope. You know, uh, that was that was great. Um, can you tell everybody about the the book? Because I mean, um, it obviously it's it's going to be in your bio, but can you tell us a little bit about the book when it's coming out? Who's publishing it? And kind of the, I guess the overall gist of the book. Okay, well, um, a few years ago, we did a rehearsing the middle school orchestra book with a whole panel of folks, mm-hmm. and um, and it was so fun. Like, um, <laughs> I would find myself reading the, the excerpts from there, and then I'd run out and go try them out with my kids. And so, um, and then, you know, we would go to conferences, and, and it would just start a conversation, because mm-hmm. usually what's happening is a lot of the great ideas in our profession, like orchestra teachers, they just are hidden behind our classroom doors or behind the, on the stages across the country or even behind our computer screens, but we're not, we don't always share them with each other. So Mm -hmm. the whole book, the gist of it is about um, a book written by teachers for teachers who are really in the arena doing the thing, (laughs) right? Right, right. Um, In the trenches. And just strategies that work. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And so as we um, as we went around the country talking to different middle school teachers that they were just getting so exciting, excited about it, we thought, well, there's got to be one for high school. And so then I started polling for everybody I knew, like, who should be in this book? And so they wow. um, they everybody started sending me names. And so um, sort of the list came by popular demand. And it, it's a really diverse group of people. We have mm-hmm. uh, folks of, of different genders and races, races and ethnicities. And so I'm really proud of the diversity of the book and the diversity of the ideas because each teacher has just been really open and honest and just throwing open the classroom doors and just sharing what has worked for them, what have been, uh, you know, great moments of connection, Mm -hmm. but those um, just really detailed strategies. So every author had a um, had a prompt, uh, same set of prompts. It was like, tell us about your philosophy or your goals. Like, what are you trying to accomplish? Yeah. The big picture in your classroom. Tell us a little bit about your preparation. What are your favorite grade four to six repertoire pieces? Mm-hmm. Um, tell us how you develop the left hand um, and work on intonation. Tell us um, how you work on uh, right hand, bow, bow tone, flexibility, What do you do that brings out the expression and musicality for your students? Um, How do you build community and recruit in your program? And uh, in this one, um, tell us about your online or virtual experience (laughs) in the middle of this uh, (laughs) pandemic, right? And so, yeah, so each each author just answered those, but they answered them in such unique ways. And so I still find after reading this that, you know, I'm finding – you know, Scott Laird's voice coming into my head talking about what is the essence of this passage. I want every person just to contribute what you can feel good about, right? Mm-hmm. If that just means, you know, uh, playing this top note and this top note, like the end goal is that what you contribute is good. It is positive and you feel good about it. And and so there's so many ideas that I have just, um, I've been inspired by and, um, you know, I don't think this kind of honest and frank sharing is something that um, that that can happen if if we don't have colleagues that are really to just be vulnerable, you mm-hmm. know, like, um, you know, Brene Brown talks about rumbling with vulnerability, right. like, um, you know, like we are just putting ourselves out there, like sharing all our secrets. And um, 
Yeah, it's it's really been it's been a great learning experience for me as well. And yeah. then to be able to analyze, go back and analyze through those chapters. Okay, here are all the resources each person mentioned and categorize them and put them in a glossary. Here are all the pieces they mentioned. Okay, here were the pieces that the people mentioned the most by grade level. <laughs> and here are the composers and the arrangers that people mentioned the most. Anyway, coming to market beginning of April, and we are so excited. It, it's going to be, I can't wait to read it and uh, see what uh, my other colleagues have been talking about, you know, because uh, I'm, I'm always inspired by um, Scott and, uh, the, you know, the other authors you mentioned from the book too. It's just a great group of uh, people and um, some of the, some of the leaders in our field that um, just have the most amazing ideas and, always inspirational. No, no, no matter how long I've been teaching, I'm always just blown away by uh, some of the things that, uh, you know, all the, all the people that you mentioned uh, say and, and what they do and how they, how they take care of things. It's just, it's awesome. It's awesome. Keeps me going. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it really refills my cup. I think, you know, when we're working in isolation, that can really uh, rob us of our joy. And then as soon as we connect again, it sort of reminds us who we are and what we're about and why this thing is so important. And, you know, um, how many great ideas there still are out there to discover and try out. Yes. I think we all are missing that, that face to face and, and that those connections. So if we're able to get it right now through a book and, through podcasts or whatever it might be. Um, that's, you know, that's what we have to do. Um, we are, uh, I am mm-hmm. toying with the idea of uh, taking this podcast live and taking live calls. And, and uh, I think that would be a, a lot of fun to do and, um, you know, very valuable for our listeners and for the community too, just to, to have, you know, people come on. Cause I can, I can pull up, you know, people like yourself and leaders in the field and, and whatnot all day long. But, um, we, I think, you know, I'm, we're, we're all trying to, to share our ideas and, and reach everybody, like regardless of demographics or where we, you know, who we are, where we teach, what we do, you know, a lot of these ideas will work, um, universally. So, uh, if the more, the oh more my we- goodness, you <laughs> should do it. I, I, I you know, it, I, probably everybody at home at, in listening to this podcast is going, do it, do it, do it, do it. <laughs> you should definitely do it. That would be great. Uh, I'm looking, I'm looking at it and I, and I found a way, um, particularly with my new technology to do it really, really well. And, uh, um, yeah, so that's, that's, that's on the list of, of, uh, next, next steps with the podcast. And I, hopefully it will be a lot of fun. Um, you know, you can have multiple guests that can take calls live, um, and all that and have them all recorded and, and go through it. So I think that will be super fun. Um, so be awesome. it would be really awesome. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> so, um, so, you know, going forward, uh, what do you see um, being, you know, some of the, uh, I guess maybe uh, troubling things that could happen with, with our profession and what do you see some of the, maybe the benefits coming out of this pandemic? Some of the troubling things, um, you know, in times of scarcity, sometimes uh, people look to cut things that they see as not essential, but they really are the essential mm-hmm. things. Um, 
in life. Um, you know, so, you know, there's always the worry about what will happen to our programs, what will happen to our enrollment. Um, but I, you know, I do think that, um, that, that one thing that we do know is that people have turned, it might be science that will get us out of this, but it has been music and art that has gotten us through it. And I think the people will return. I mean, I think the kids will return because, um, you know, what they get in a music classroom, what they get in an orchestra classroom, um, it's about more than just existing. It's about truly living. And, you know, um, the, the, we speak so much not to the quantity of life people have, but the quality of life. What is it like? Um, are they able to express? Are they able to belong? Are they able to create? Unexpressed creativity is not benign. Um, Mm -hmm. unexpressed joy is not benign. Um, and so I think there will always be this, this need to connect and to come back to music. So, uh, even though that is a fear, um, I think, you know, that there's such a need for it. Um, and that's where we live. We live in the, uh, truly living, uh, helping people truly live life and not just exist and meet basic needs. I mean, Maslow Trump's, um, bloom every day of the week. Right. (laughs) Um, and so, um, you know, I think people need this for their whole life. Um, music as a, as a, um, a tool for well-being, a means of expression, uh, a way to be more fully human. Um, things that I'm excited about, um, all the new ideas that we've explored as teachers and how those might continue to mm-hmm. play a part. Um, in particular, um, some of us who did do so much of the just face-to-face connecting part, and we're, we're doing some with technology, but not a lot, I've realized how much I can now use, I can use my per in-person time to really connect and do things with group and some of the just uh, delivery of information stuff like that's so much easier done, um, you know, on in an asynchronous way mm-hmm. online. And, and for instance, in my string methods class, it made me realize if I had to create a module for every week, um, what would it look like and how would it be consistent? And it challenged my thinking of how I organize my thoughts. So I realized that I could actually take each skill and I'd say, what does a teacher need to be able to do? Because um, I'm trying to create or empower people to be able to think like teachers think, not just do the things good teachers do. Right. And so um, it made me realize, like, for each scale, okay, instrument position um, or left hand or right hand, I want them to be able to play something. I want them to be able to teach. So I give them a teaching activity complete, mm-hmm. like they're recording audio feedback for little kids playing violin videos online. Um, yeah. Or they're doing position position where they I throw up a picture of somebody doing something wrong with the left hand and they, they're given some checkpoints and they say what was wrong. Or Ooh. we play position charades in class, right, mm-hmm. um, where somebody purposely does it. So there's always a play. There's always a teach. And then there's always a literacy, an, a, a read or notate. Part. And so it really challenged me to um, to to change 
how I was thinking about the way everything is cohesively organized. And it gave me great joy to listen to my, because I realized the power in all of this of not just giving written feedback to my students because it seems so less human, but giving audio feedback, just turning on my iPhone and going, Hey, John, you know, you did a really great job on this opening. You have a beautiful left hand. Now just remember that two pattern needs to be really tight and measure three. So that note's not flat. You know, I love what you do with this. Keep up the great work. See in class. And I found my students immediately became so much more engaged when I was given audio feedback Mm. rather than just written feedback. So those are things I think I'll take away with me, like continuing to have stuff that's online that they do continuing for me to give them audio feedback, but then also with these free service teachers, also empowering them to have some choice. Like if you're going to give feedback to this child on the D major scale, you have a choice. You can do it written or you can do it audio. And, you know, I don't know. I just had this big welling in my heart when I hear a French horn player going, now, little Johnny, you're doing a really great job on your instrument position. Be careful about your left wrist, you know, and they're just nailing it, what they would say to the <laughs> student. And they, they sound like teachers because yeah. you know, in many ways they already are becoming that. So that that that's awesome, and I, I I totally agree. You know that that type of uh, media, whether it's video, audio, um, can be a lot more powerful than just written feedback. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, all of us, all of this has to have taken you a lot of time to put together. I, I, I mean, how how, yeah, how much? Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I find like. If, if, if a regular string methods class might, um, you know, it lasts 50 minutes, but it takes like maybe 45 minutes to an hour to prep because, mm-hmm. you know, we've taught these, sk- these skills so many times over the year. We're talking about, you know, probably, you know, six or seven hours to work on creation of every module, mm-hmm. then the teaching of it, and then literally three or four hours of grading <laughs> um, right. to follow that up. So you're talking about, you know, it, it's been it's been an overwhelming amount of time, but now that I have those resources and really had yeah. a chance to think deeply about it, it's like, I don't think I will ever go back to doing it the other way because last spring I was really worried about halfway through the semester. Uh, we had already done low string instruments and we were going to violin and viola. And I was like, how am I going to teach, you know, French hornist and trombonist and singers to play violin and viola online? Um, But we made these modules and we did it and they could do some at their own pace and they were really digging deep. And now here's the kicker. By the end of the class, they actually went further and performed better than any class before. Whoa. And it shocked me because it was like, but I realized, you know. When in ensembles and in classes, so much of what we do is just geared toward groups mm-hmm. and group musicality and group success. But what this pandemic has done is throw that on its head. And and it's really turned it so like the amount of individual feedback I've given every student during this, I would have never done before this. Okay. And it reminded me that the, that there is a real benefit for every student getting individual feedback. Uh, when we have time to do it right. and to have that personal connection. And I think that's what drove it was the personal connection and the personal feedback and not just the group. Yeah, this is very inspiring right now just to hear this. Um, and, you know, the, but again, like you said, this is something that you you learned it now during the pandemic and 
you're going to keep the modules and keep using them and keep doing some of the things that you've been doing um, online. You'll, you'll be able to do continue to do online, but also, you know, have that face-to-face connection. So sounds like it's going to like multiply the effectiveness of what you're doing and how you're reaching I, I students. Think so. Yeah, I do think so too. And I also think it, it also makes you treasure your in-person time more sure. and differently because n- nothing um, makes you value something more than not being able to do it. <laughs> and so then you're like, why Why am I using class time to do X, Y, or Z? Like it really makes you think about what works best and work, what platform in a way that I really never thought about before. Yeah, yeah. That that is true, very very true, and um, you know I I I have uh, I think a lot of us can say um, you know technically as far as uh, using technology you know there's a lot of people who had to learn how to edit video or edit audio they've never done that before and so it's 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 trained us to become better um, with those type of skills that we will get you know like you said be able to carry forward and and keep continue to continue to use and continue to to be effective um, in in terms of reaching students with technology i think a, a lot of students are going to be maybe tired of technology <laughs> and tired of the you know the uh, being on teams or zoom or whatever you're using but um you know it's not going to go away and you know we talked about the only thing that's going away from all this are snow days, you know, because they're going to be. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately, but you know, even the quality of the resources, like I'm able to send my students to your videos and all the stuff that's online with Rebecca McLeod yeah. and, um, and, you know, and bringing in guest artists that are just willing to pop on, you know, Zoom or Skype anytime, like. That has been amazing. Like I've been able to expose my students um, to both in the college setting and in our new future music educators um, honors group to diverse speakers from all over the country that we just would never have been able to do before. Right. And like, most people are just so awesome. They just will donate time to come and speak to a group of future teachers or to a group of juniors and seniors that want to be music educators. That is fantastic. How, how giving people have been during this time, you know? Um, and I, I, I know for some, you know, some of, some of the, uh, the live performers, it's because, you know, well, they're not, they're not really doing any gigs or, you know, many gigs and that, that kind of thing. But at the same time, hopefully, you know, it's helping them get through it too, making them feel good about giving back and, 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 and all that. And, you know, it will pay down the road, it will pay dividends, you know, because it will, you know, they're get they're getting exposure and uh, yeah, I think it's, that's fantastic though. Who, who are some of the people that you've, you've had mm-hmm. into your classes? Um, we've had uh, David Eccles came in, mm-hmm. Angela Ammerman, shout out, Great. Uh, came in and she was she was great with them as well. Um, and we've had, we've had all of our local music supervisors from all four districts Fantastic. that came in. We've had, um, you know, uh, Paul Bateman and um, Christine Hoffman coming in doing ORF workshops mm-hmm. um, and uh, lots of people that, um, oh, we had um, Beth Reed and Holly Alford come in and talk about inclusive teaching 
and um, diversity in, in, in our images and in our language mm-hmm. and, and how to really create a space that's welcoming and um, not just inclusive, but also equitable. Um, wow. So some, some really fantastic conversations with people that, you know, that is in their area of expertise. Yeah, that's, that, those are some awesome guests. And you're providing such a, a great service for your students to be able to just bring in outside people. I think a lot of people um, may be, a, a, you know, afraid to bring in outside people because, you know, well, now I'm not the expert anymore. Well, you know, it's okay to admit that you're not the expert at everything, you know, and and that uh, there are people out there that are, are there to help. And, you know, I always talk to my students, you know, about learning and learning no matter what. And, uh you know, regardless of how many degrees you have and the education and experience, there's always someone out there that can teach you that can teach you something and, and you can learn from. And um, we always have to keep an open mind, even if we're you know pros at being teachers. We have to keep that in mind and keep going. I do think you're right. And I think, you know, us being willing to show that vulnerability and show that, you know, we don't know everything, it really empowers them to. Um, to, to feel like have a shot at it and to, and to admit their vulnerability. And, um, it, you know, um, Oh, who was it that was talking? Oh, David Eccles. Um, you know how he says success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It's the courage to continue that counts. He, he, he mm. talks a lot about that Churchill quote, which is really inspiring to me. And so, um, you know, we're, tr- we're, we're really trying to get, um, and inspire our teachers to just realize if you're not, if you're not uncomfortable, if you're not failing or making mistakes at something, it means you're not really ever putting yourself out there to grow because it's only growth only happens in discomfort, right? That's when right. you're feeling that discomfort, you're like, okay, you need to recognize there needs to be this alarm bell that goes off in your head. Like <laughs> right now I am growing <laughs> because otherwise you're not, you're just comfortable. And, Mm -hmm. um, and that, you know, I just feel like as a society, if we could learn that it's okay to fail, we don't have to be perfect. The perfect doesn't have to be the enemy of the good. And, you know, like, um, to me, it's been really inspirational to read a lot of, um, you know, Brene Brown, where she talks about daring greatly or, um, daring to lead and, and, and rumbling with vulnerability and shame. And, you know, we're, or we orchestra teachers, teachers in general, we are all learning very publicly all the mm-hmm. time. We, we are all making mistakes or failing very publicly. And you know what? that's okay. I mean, if we can all embrace this imperfection. And so I have this quote on my wall that just kind of reminds me to, to like, not be afraid to try something new, even if it might, we might fall flat and I'll just Mm -hmm. have to laugh about (laughs) that quote is it's by Rosa. And in the room, it's not the critic who counts. It's not the man who strongly stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at worst, if fails, at least fails while daring greatly. So that's been my motto in the pandemic. That is like, awesome. Just to dare. 
just to dare greatly. If you look at LeBron's shoes, he actually has man on the arena in the arena written on the side of his shoes. Oh, wow. And okay. It, to remind him it's not the critic that counts. And so. Wow. That's that's a great quote and a great mindset to keep um, pandemic or no, you know, uh, moving forward. Um, I'm always, always inspired by these, these ideas and, 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 uh, I actually just by our conversation today, I, you know, I, I really wanted to, to do more to assess my students on a, on a individual basis and, and try using more of the audio video type feedback. So this is, this has been awesome. Sandy, thank you so much for everything that you've contributed to uh, this podcast, but more more importantly, our profession. Um, I know I'm looking forward to um, the new book coming out and uh, getting to read that and um, all the wonderful ideas that I'm sure are just jam-packed in there. It's going to be an awesome resource. Um, who's publishing the book again? This is Meredith Music, who is part of GIA Publications, and it. it'll be out in April. April. Okay. Well, we'll definitely look for it. It's called Teaching, Rehearsing the High School Orchestra. Mm-hmm. Rehearsing the High School Orchestra. And we'll definitely look for it. Um, Sandy, thank you again for, for being a guest. Um, we really appreciate it. Thank you, Charles. Uh, th- and thank you for the inspiration and all the technology resources you have online for us. They are amazing. Your conversations as part of this book really inspired me to think about things in a different way. And I cannot wait. Um, I cannot wait to connect with everybody in person. And I hope you enjoy the book. Well, I appreciate uh, you being here. And uh, we were we're going to sign off. The Orchestra Teacher Podcast with Sandy Goldie. Thank you for listening. To find resources and more information, visit our website at www.orchestrateacher.net.